Hello, Welcome everyone. Welcome to the show. We're yes. Doing, we're doing a little we'll, pre-chat. We'll carry on that chat after. Yeah. Um, oh, anyway. After our Welcome shenanigans. Yes. I uh, hope everyone's doing well today. And uh, we're officially a couple days in to St. Patrick's Day month. Yep. Lucky month or unlucky if you yep. go with original folklore. I think I think uh, Disney or um, Post ruined the leprechaun folklore with their Lucky Charms box. I mean, where did the uh, oh, and where did the cute little leprechaun come from? Oh, because it like shifted quite dramatically. Yeah, leprechauns are uh, well. Were they a part of the Fae? That's a big question, like the fairy uh-huh. there. And the fairy were, uh, as we chatted with... Uh, not Tinkerbell. Yes, they were not nice. Though Tinkerbell did get mad and stomp around. She did once or twice, and, and glitter came out. Yeah, when she stomped, she glittered. But I don't think they did that. The My favorite of the leprechaun stories that I've heard thus far, and I haven't heard Betsy's story today, is the... Uh, is the shapeshifters though where yeah. they come in and swap with your child that ain't right and th- the scary part about that for me is was that people giving themselves reasoning to off their children yes to get rid of maybe a burdenous child you know uh, or the scariest part about folklore did, is it is it is to explain something either something that seems supernatural mm-hmm. or a horrible thing that people are doing. Well, what if to ease the burden of parents, the uh, religious and elders made up that story so that parents, one, wouldn't be shunned by the community and be relieved of some of their burden. Mm-hmm. Which that, that yeah. part freaks me out. But... Humans are weird. Uh, we're still in World War Three, everyone. Uh, it is televised. Um, so much propaganda coming out. Both sides are ridiculous propaganda. Uh, the Ghost of Kiev, not real. I, you told me that. I like I said, I really didn't follow it. Um, the El Presidente over there, dressed up in battle rattle, up on the front lines. Picture was taken like two years ago. It, wasn't he like checking borders or There's something? something I don't picture? know. Not real. Um, mm-hmm. And then you've got uh, the Miss Ukraine dressed up in uh, full battle rattle. That was for a photo shoot done years ago with airsoft guns. So I could have told you that by the makeup she was wearing. Hey, <laughs> I have been in the field. <laughs> Maybe the women didn't look like that, but after spending a month in the field, it, it appeared so. But yeah. anyways, so then we got stuff coming from Russia. Yes, it is true. Ukraine does have a national car, a national guard uh, group unit, whatever. That is Nazi. They propose to be Nazi. They're pretty open about. Well, they're not Nazi necessarily. They're white nationalists, but they. They fly a lot of uh, memorabilia, I guess, flags and such. And that's kind of scary. But then again, you got stuff coming out of Russia that's BS. So I think everywhere is BS. Don't believe anything you see. I hope that our government can see clearly enough to say, yeah, we're not going. Mm. I don't see any reason for us to be over there. But World War Three is upon us. Let's hope that nuclear war doesn't join in. Mm-hmm. Today we're chatting about uh, 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 Formorians. Formorians. Uh, they're Irish giants. Um, I guess Gaelic giants is what they are. Uh, and uh, Betsy's brought the story. I have chosen to read absolutely nothing about this because I want the surprise, the shock, and maybe a little bit of awe. Uh-huh. Not that kind of awe, though. No, the, the <laughs> cutie awe. But before we kick into that, I I wanna I wanna hit us with some news. What do you think? Let's do it. You know, I, I need some weird news. I <sighs> life is too serious right now with all the things going on. Oh oh, I caught a, Betsy. a glimpse. Okay, so on 
Oh, no. To the news. And my life is, oh. Just when you think your life is, is bad, you read a story like this. This is coming from the New York Post. It says, I feared docs would amputate my penis after a nasty black widow spider bite. Mm. So, a oh. man in Ireland. Hey. hey. <laughs> it, oh. is, it is a Ireland man. Irish man. How would we... You got Florida man. We've had Russia man a few times. Oh. How would this one go? Irish man. I, I would kind of dig Gaelic man. <laughs> I, I, Gaelic's a funny word. Gaelic. And that's still language. A lot of them uh, It speak, is, yes. And they still use that over there sometimes when they're trying to have kind of secret conversations. That's right. It's and, our pig Latin. Yeah. Except I'm pretty sure most people have figured that out except for... <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, a man in Ireland feared that he would lose his penis after incurring a nasty black widow spider bite, which caused a golf ball-sized lump to sprout up perilously close to his five private parts. So it didn't bite now, his unit, but it was close enough that he was afraid that it was going to spread? A golf ball sized lump mm, it's not good no that is not and if you're an average man that's really bad you don't <laughs> want to shave that anymore <laughs> anyways i was convinced i would lose my penis fergus fairly fergus his name is fergus it's outstanding mm. 26 told swns of the fiasco that does not sound like a fiasco. It sounds like an almost tragedy, which began on January 7. After he woke up with a painful marble-sized bump in an unspecified spot near his member. Mm. The construction worker, who was staying with his mother in Ulster at the time, said he initially dismissed it. But over the next few days, the welt swelled in size until it was a little too close to comfort. Mm, so mm, mm. sounds like it bit him in the public area and it started uh started swelling. Yeah, started looking angry. Spreading. And I have seen what black widow bites do and they do swell, they do get angry, they do carry bacteria just like a dog or cat bite mm. would, you know. When I woke up and saw this lump, I had no idea what it was, but it got larger and larger. As days passed, exclaimed the flummoxed fellow, Fergus Farrelly. Man, they missed the chance to throw four Fs in there. <laughs> I'm not going to go by his last name. I'm going to go by his first name. Fergus finally decided to report the emergency to the emergency room at Cavan Central Hospital on the advice of his girlfriend after the bump ballooned to the size of a golf ball and turned a disgusting shade of purple. Mm -mm. However, the doctors insisted that he needed to see a specialist and transferred him to the larger Belmont Hospital in Dublin. And there's Fergus. Look at that. That is the face of fear right there. <laughs> that's, what's, that's what fear looks like. Unfortunately, just like Farrelly, the doctors had no idea what caused the lump. To make matters worse, just hours after Farrelly arrived at the hospital, the cyst exploded. Gross. <laughs> Leaving a massive crater near his penis, SWNS reported. In order to prevent an infection, doctors hooked the poor patient up to an IV drip of antibiotics and also conducted blood tests to get to the bottom of the bite. Mm -hmm. I was in hospital for days on all kinds of drips, and the giant lump burst. That was when I thought I would lose my penis altogether. <laughs> that was like on that uh, mm -hmm. South Park where penis i don't know if anyone watches but the penis would shoot off and shoot around the room <laughs> no i haven't seen it <laughs> lamented oh, no. fairly the irishman added that the pain was so unbearable he couldn't even walk or move finally after several agonizing days fairly's test results arrived the patient claimed that they contained the toxin of a black widow spider 
a venomous black arachnid identifiable by the red hourglass pattern on their abdomen. I've seen tons of them. They're, yeah, they're, super all over the they're super common here. But I never try to shoo them off with my groin. What? Never. <laughs> I try to use a boot. Although, Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> He's uh, helicoptering. <laughs> He's been around and let her out real quick. I think Alex must have got home. and Yes, the guard dog has to guard the house. Although rarely fatal, their venom contains a neurotoxin that can reportedly cause nausea, difficulty breathing, and excruciating muscle cramps. And yes, I do. I have a friend who was bit by one on her ankle, and it knocked her into the bed like she had the flu for like three days. So Ooh. it is tough. Interestingly enough, black widow spiders typically do not li live in Ireland. You ain't living right, man. So the patient, you need to question what's going on in the rest of your life. Oh, if, yeah. If a spider that's not native to where you got bit bites you next to your junk, you need to be like questioning, like, what What have I done? I ain't living right. Hey, that or, yeah. Ooh. Gross. So the, the patient may have been mistaking the culprit for a noble false wid widow, an invasive species with a less potent bite now imagine that this bite is kind of probably on his inner groin or somewhere mm. around there either way Farrell says he's lucky to be alive I got how does a news how does a news agency get this story do you think oh, I imagine the doctor goes right out and calls all of them <laughs> I mean there's HIPAA he can't just call and tell him their name and everything. This guy had to have called himself. And oh, like, not have I got a story for you? He's like, uh, whatever hospital room 304, <laughs> spider bite on the junk. Click. <laughs> and that's it. Oh, Ireland. I got told I would probably have ended up dead if it hadn't burst in the hospital because it would likely have gotten infected. The relief bite recipient said. They said the venom could have spread and poisoned my blood system. All right, we don't have to read on. Now, do you know that we've had a guest on this show who uh, was bit by a brown recluse? In yeah. the same general area. Yeah, and it messed him up. Messed him up bad. It put him in the hospital on IV drip and all that stuff, I think for like two weeks. It was awful. And they're no, they're it wasn't necrotic. a brown recluse. It was a hobo spider. Oh, and they're they're necrotic. Yes, they carry. So, in. the flesh actually dies I off. I think they carry a necrotic uh, toxin. Toxin, or a, it's a. I think it's like a. Um. Anyways, they carry necrotic stuff. Yeah, and, and uh, he lost. Uh, you know, some flesh on there. We had a niece that was bitten by one, but mm -hmm. immediately treated. So she turned out, you know, luckily mm. okay. But you see the pictures of them, and it's horrible. But old Fergus, man. Fergus. You know. How do you, how do you think he says it? Fergus? Fergus. Fergus. I can't roll my R's. God, I know. Us my, Andersons. <laughs> we got these short, pitiful tongues. My Grace and Tucker can because of their French, but. Yeah, they're French and they're, you know, I don't know. Yeah, it is what it is. I can't. I've tried. But anyway, so, uh, yeah, let's get on with Formorians. We've got two more news stories to cover today. We'll break them up in the middle, toss one in at the end. So we're going we're gonna to kick off this month by talking about Celtic mythology. And there's very... Celtic, Gaelic. Yeah. I think Gaelic is the Irish celts yeah probably yeah and most celtic mythology um is orally passed on traditionally there's yeah, not like, a lot of written like spider bites like spider bites he's now folklore <laughs> and then they'll give a reason like maybe he didn't he didn't say he loved his mom or something so at her house he was bit <laughs> oh ye poor lad <laughs> so these sagas and legends traditionally were passed down from one generation to the next through storytelling. Mm -hmm. It's only after the Roman conquest that some of these myths were recorded in writing. 
prior to that, they just weren't recorded. Well, and they didn't have writing there. Uh, mm -hmm. Rome brought their actual official writing there. And also the priest probably wrote it down. Of course, back then, most of your writing was done by priests. Those were uh, they were the scribes and monks. They were your scribes. They mm -hmm. were a lot of that stuff. So if we look at Celtic mythology today, there, there are a number of marked similarities between their ancient tales and Christian stories in the Bible because of this crossover. Mm. And because it blend there. Yeah. Yeah. So it, a, a it likely priest. started one way, and then the scribe is introduced to write it down, and then it, it and the, gets intertwined. The scribe's a religious fellow, so yes. he's like, oh, this is the work of Beelzebub, old, old Lucifer. Right. You, Wiley. Yeah. You know. So characters in most Irish, Irish mythology, they vary but are typically deities, kings and queens, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. kind of the yin and yang. They've also got druids and other religious figures, warriors and animals. Um, but what we're seeing today is a, this long tradition of orally passed down Celtic mythology stopped as people in the area were to, were converted to Christianity. Mm, mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about some things that still live on. One of them is this Irish myth about the Formorians. They are, according to the legend, a race of, there's two schools of thought. They were giants. Red-haired giants. <sighs> Yes, it, it is it is said that they were terrifying giant creatures that were horribly deformed and often mistaken for demons. Now, once it's written, dang Nephilim, they yeah, they were said to have descended from Noah's son, Ham, oh. whom Noah cursed. And on account of this terrible curse, the Fomorians became one-legged and one-armed monstrous beings. Now, you don't always see them depicted as one-legged and one-armed. One-legged one and one-arm. That is so useless. Like, what do you fight with? <laughs> but, you know, that's I what... I will call that's... you bad names. <laughs> if you look at pictures of Fomorians, they're more from the oral traditions versus the Christianity traditions. And that's the question I have on that, is the one-legged one-arm part i mean that could have also been again you know maybe there's an outcast of the community that only has one leg and one arm so you know i don't know hey okay yeah. go on go on so it it is said in the in the earliest writings of the formorian not Man, writings that guy'd but have the... a hard time using the bathroom <laughs> Because when he's done... How does he... I mean, how does he walk? He would I, have to lay down on the ground to to. How formidable to can you be with only one leg and one arm? Yeah. Not, well, yeah. Not very... I mean, maybe if you had a wagon or Just sweep or the something. leg. Sweep the leg. Yeah. Giant. Yeah. Falls over. You know, maybe had an old wooden spoke-wheeled wagon <laughs> and, and, you know... And, you could only turn... You're a race car driver. You can only make left turns because <laughs> you've only got one the foot on the other. <laughs> Anyway, so in the pre-Christianity tradition, the, the oral traditions and myths that were passed down, it was said that the Formorians were superstitious and tyrannical. People conquered by them. So they would, they would set out to take land, and people conquered by them were either enslaved or forced a crippling tribute of two-thirds of all children and cattle born. Back to the children thing. Mm. So apparently the Formorians would come in, they would battle, they were giants. This was prior to being one-legged and one-armed. This is when they had all of their appendages. And they all, why does all the bad people want the kids? And Or does Irish, Irish must have lost a lot of kids. Yeah. See, the sad part is they probably did during famines and other, mm, and other yeah. you know, plagues and things Well, that, that you if, have to have a way to cope with all of that loss. Another thing, this, is, this might hit close to home for some people, but in close-knit communities, such as the one we are from, which maybe I'll go into deeper as to why 
people suspect some things. In close-knit communities, there's a lot of inbreeding. Yeah. And that's sad. Now, another sign of not inbred close, but maybe just a tad close. A skosh too close? Is premature hair loss. Really? Yes, it is. I didn't know that was linked to that. Yeah. And I am a sufferer of that, in case you guys didn't know. <laughs> So you don't see luscious locks of golden hair trickling down my back. A mullet shaking in the wind. <laughs> Remember when I had one in high school? I do. I have pictures to prove it. <laughs> so they would go and they would conquer these different lands. And the, the actual geography of Ireland has been explained in legends and mythology, Irish legends and mythologies, as the reason for it having these big mounds would be the swing of you know the the club that these formarians commonly would push up the dirt mm. and they still talk about that no the mounds aren't like burial mounds then i don't know they could be for all the children and cattle that these i don't know if they ate them anyway so they would conquer these areas mm -hmm. they would enslave the conquered mm -hmm. as you or do. They would force a tribute of two-thirds. Like, two-thirds? Oh, that's starvation rations. What? What if I have two kids? How do you break one of them up? You can toss a kid in and we'll, you know, call it even. As Gaelic monsters. And two-thirds of all cattle. Mm. So, anyway. So, one formarian with stubby legs and long arms did not resemble another with a dwarfish right arm and a normal left arm, and yet another with two or even three heads and only one eye or three on his head. They didn't appear and they they didn't they weren't spoken of that they were cohesive, which is why a lot of people had the impression that they were demonic mm. instead of a lineage of giants. So that they popped up out of hell. Yeah. Raised a ruckus so according to the Formorian beliefs, and they didn't, it's like the Irish didn't just observe. They got to know these Formorians, and that's the way that this story is told. Mm -hmm. They know that they're tyrannical. They know that they're superstitious. And according to Formorian beliefs, a child without any mutation is born without a personality. So the Formorians think that if you're not... If you're not mutated, then you are, then you don't soulless, then you don't have character. You have no character. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, uh, like sense. if you see a barn and the woods all nice <laughs> and it's painted perfectly no red character. and there's no like huge gaps, it's not the barn you want to take a picture of to put on a, you know, on a, you know, come look at my area poster for the Thank ladies. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. I can dig it. So they were also accustomed to seeing their various mutations on their bodies. And any child who was born normal, quote unquote, the Formorians would kill and deem it a monster. Really? So they, they went hard. Yeah. So the term Formorian was analogous with disease plague and disaster when if you look through irish folklore you'll find that formorian is kind of an interchangeable word for disease plague and disaster which goes back to that could throw down the disease part though yeah which go which goes back to our original comment about why these folklores likely where they come from like we've we've covered um What's the the flesh eating guys? What's their name? The flesh eating yeah. guys. Creepy flesh eating guy. We've <sighs> covered other ones. Um we thought the Donner Party might be one. Oh, uh Cannibals? No. Cannibal, but anyway. 
It was, Why? Uh, yeah. I can't think of it. You're throwing a name. Jared's got to guess a name game. <laughs> yeah. This is gonna it's a monster. Well. It's a creature. It's going to work out well for everyone. <laughs> I promise it is. But we've, we've covered that in the past, that it's likely they were told not to eat the flesh of people um, because they had noticed that the prions would actually make you crazy. And so they created a folklore to support that. Yeah. Well, what if they didn't have to create a folklore? What if some early Formorians before the telephone game kicked in were people who ate people and maybe got some prions and acted a little... Right, because we know, know that now. Yeah, acted a little Brad Pitt on 12 Monkeys, you know? Yeah, so... It is said that the king of the Fomorians' name was Balor. I do like that name, not as much as Fergus. 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 I sound like a southern lady saying an Irish name. <laughs> but Balor, or Balor, had one giant eye in the middle of his forehead. Now, Balor was also on uh, the Lord of the Rings. Did he have a giant eye? King Baylor. No, he was actually a good king, if I remember, or something. Different Baylor. Goodish king. Different Baylor. <laughs> it's all whether rulers are good or bad is usually for the eye of the beholder anyway. True. Back you know? to the opening. Don't believe what you yes. read. And um I don't know. Is it okay to eat popcorn while you watch World War Three on you know, TV? It is frowned upon. <laughs> It is. I would say that we have been desensitized with everything that has gone over the course of the last couple of years. Dude, I'm telling you. Like, but for real. Aliens drop down and be like, what's up? I, I think I a lot of people would run out and My heart wouldn't even... I know, like, take me to your you. leader. Thank you. <laughs> you know? Pick yeah. me. I don't know. I think, me, it would depend on the, the thickness of the fingers before I well, jump on that ship. Okay, that's true. You know? So, yeah, King of Wekomundo. Hi, King of Wekomundo. Hey, what's up, man? So, he says, these creatures look like something from Lord of the Rings. There and it is. Do, and we do know that J.R.R. Tolkien got a lot of his... Um, ideas. Ideas his... and storyline from Gaelic mythos. Yes. We do know that. That was, that was kind of a thing that he was known for. Uh, some people give him kind of a rash of crap about that, but... I choose not to. So, according to the story, the Formorians conquered the first invaders of Ireland, which is the Partholon. The Partholon... The, they were the first invaders, the Partholon. Yes. Now, the Partholon are the people who invaded Ireland and settled there. I don't know what exactly what um, what was you know on the island of Ireland prior to the Partholon. I don't know if there was indigenous people or, or what it was. I haven't really read into that, but it was said that that the Partholon were were like the Vikings. They were they were unbeatable, mm -hmm. and then these Formorians actually conquered them. And after some years, it's said that the Partholon, you know, having been slaves to the Formorians and things, all died of plague in a single week. The entire race, mm. leaving behind only the Formorians. So the Formorians were there. Okay, the the Parthenon was there first. Well, this is this is where then the Formorians came. Then the Irish came after that. Yeah, and this is where the story kind of breaks apart because we do know that there had been crusaders and invaders and and other pushback from the seas. Obviously, mm. oh, where yeah. Ireland's concerned. Uh, yeah, the Vikings uh, even took little. Well, uh, Dublin is apparently a Viking word. Really? Yeah, as are most of your Scottish and and uh, and Northern English areas and and Eastern English areas are named after uh, Viking or Roman words. So it's likely that because of all of these pressures, the the group split 
from um, just demonic mm-hmm. versus, you know, the cursed gene- genealogical line of, of Ham, Noah's son. And you get this kind of split in that storyline where now they think they come up out of the sea, that they reside in the sea and they rise up out of the sea and conquer these lands. So they're, and I wonder, uh, what if a, another race of larger humans came about, you know, that, you know, maybe looked a little different. Well, and if there wasn't enough of like, them, back to the inbreeding. Yeah. Well, or or even if, say, let's say an Irishman back in, you know, double lot, whatever, uh, and an African raiding group or an Arabian raiding group where they had Irish, they're probably used to seeing a sea of red and the outsider was the brunette. Yeah. And up came... Uh, uh, you know, a, a seafaring, another human race. You know, Africans. Maybe the Africans were taller, or Arabians. I mean, we do know at certain points in uh, in history that the Ara- or not maybe not Arabians. I should say those from the Crescent. Or what if it was even an Asian group or right. someone from the Steppe, like the you know pre-Huns, maybe a Scythian type came up they would have been a different color darker hair hairs totally totally different. different uh eye shapes probably different they eat better so they're bigger and healthier and everything else and could have been and then they get stranded there bob's your uncle <laughs> lucy's your sister bob's, bob's your uncle <laughs> <laughs> So it said that the Formorians held the island for 30 years. Then came the the Nemeds, who, like those who settled Ireland before them, had genealogy, according to the, the, histor- the history of it, back to biblical Noah. The Nemeds managed to win four battles with the Formorians, but after nine years, Nemeds and thousands of his people died of another plague. What if the Formorians are diseased people? So like, they they like were leper, again like a leper colony. Yes, that's this is what I'm saying. These Irish mythology, if you like, look deeper, I, just a little deeper. I want you to just think: what scary stories did our folks tell us when we were young? Now, granted, I hung out with Bigelow a lot, and so I got to hear. I about didn't. I he- I didn't hear walkers. any scary stories. This is what they tell little kids in Ireland back then. There, I'll bet there is not a good night's sleep before you're what sixty or seventy in Ireland back in those days. Yeah, they just go to bed one eye open, gripping the pillow tight. So, this goes on. You didn't catch that, did you? (laughs) Gripping the pillow tight. (laughs) This goes on. This goes on. Um, until written history. So the Formorians, someone else comes in and tries to take the island. They show up with the the Pantalon or the Pantalone people, whatever they are. The Pantalone. <laughs> that sounds... Uh, Greek. What languages do you have? Pantalonas. Pantalonas? Yeah, I like think it Italian. Means the pantalones okay go on so maybe it was an italian that wore pants it could have been like, like uh ragnar lothbrook you know what lothbrook means uh-uh. shaggy pants <laughs> stop it <laughs> it means like shaggy bottoms or whatever but shaggy pants oh, so no. maybe in ancient times wearing pants was a status symbol and uh and so everyone was named after that and the Romans showed up early. No, oh, go on. So they held the island, and what happens through history is there's there's these various groups of people who come to take the the island, and um, 
they may battle a little bit, spend a little time together, but then the entire group of crusaders who come to take the island die of a plague, and it's quick moving. Yeah, it's it's like within like, a week. It's like bubonic. The bubonic, they said that you could go to bed well and be dead by morning. That's how fast it moved. Now, bubonic was bacteria, wasn't it? Yes. Mm. Yeah. This, I mean, if you if you take into consideration the deformities, the uh, the giantism, not so much, but just the deformities and how unfamiliar and and all of the things, it could have been like this horrible disease. What? Yeah. What if there's an ancient disease that that uh, maybe gets into you and, and adjusts your DNA? Maybe your what is it mitochondrial dna yeah you know like like a, a disease that gets into you and changes you and 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 over time you know maybe it takes a couple of years and then you know a hunchback appears maybe someone's born with only one eye in the center of their forehead or you know uh one arm's gimpier than the other maybe the arm that the disease first entered the body at kind of like polio Polio settles in and yeah. deforms the bones. I can't think of other circumstances where we've done any gene manipulation lately on Earth. I, I, know. I, 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 I don't know. Anyways, go on. Yeah. So it kind of comes to an end when I'm going to completely slaughter this. Oh, come on. The Tuatha de Danann defeated the Irish giants. Okay, what is the Tuatha de Dabdu? So the Tuatha de Danann was a group of people that were crusaders, much like the Vikings. And uh, they were just more um, organized. Another gaggle of gingers came over. And yep. And they, what they, they defeated the giants and then attempted to forge a ceasefire, um, in a sense, to keep peace for a long period of time mm -hmm. and not die from the plague. But that failed, and they say that, that the Formorians just disappeared one day like they went back into the water. Mm. Now, the Tuatha de Danann, did they die of a plague? No. Because what if the plague was passive? Yeah, they, they didn't. And from what I understand, the descendants of what are current Irish can be traced back to the Tuatha de Danann. Tuatha de Danann. I like that. That's what we should call Irish people now. That's a spicy name. I like it's it. better than Gaelic. Better than Gaelic. Should we take a break for some news? Yes. I think we should. All right. Let me get this set up and ready to go. All right. So... King of Wekomuno says the creatures look very odd, like a mutation from a nuke radiation or crossbreeding. Crossbreeding. Yes. Like Bob's your uncle. Bob's your uncle. <laughs> uh, hey, I'm with you on that. <sighs> I am with you on that. Go ahead and read off some comments while mm. I get this story spooled up. Oh, no. Yep. But yeah, I mean... The plague is still in India and other parts of third world countries. It is. And there are still, the bubonic plague, there are still over 400 cases of it a year. No, don't say that. There really are. Why do you got to tell me? I was living <laughs> life in bliss. <laughs> it's uh, The difference is we now have sanitation. Yep. Sanitation is the big thing. That's what defeats cholera. That's why, it is. That's why right now in uh, Yemen, there's a, a near genocide and people are dying of cholera. Yeah. And that's because, well, they're not getting fresh supplies, fresh food, soap, yeah. clean water. Uh, and we should do a show on the bubonic plague. That and and other types of diseases, the venereal disease uh, um, category, I guess I would call it, is particularly brutal. Um, what was that? Do, do you know why they called chlamydia the clap? Why? You don't want to know. It's that good, huh? Mm. Uh, well, doesn't uh, well syphilis, from what I understand, came from the New World. Yeah. So they took it back with them. So syphilis was over here. 
Yeah. And they took it back and, and, uh, you know, panned out well for a lot of sailors, you know. Yeah. If, if anyone wants to ruin their night, just Google, why is chlamydia called the clap? I thought it was just because, you know, CL, CL. No. Like CLA. Yeah. No. Well, you should look it up later. Yeah. Uh, anyway. I, I might do that. Anyway, so. I don't know if anyone's heard of the Felicity Ace. It's a cargo ship full of luxury cars. Mega luxury cars. Uh-huh. And it is on fire adrift in the middle of the Atlantic. I heard that it finally went down yesterday. Like 14 days or something. But it, it burned for two weeks. An abandoned cargo ship packed with cars is adrift in the Atlantic Ocean after a rapidly spreading fire on board forced the crew to escape. I just listened to a show about the Titanic, uh, the conspiracy surrounding it. I'm spooled up on that right now. But anyways, the 656-foot-long Felicity Ace roll-on, roll-off car-carrying ship caught fire in the North Atlantic on Wednesday as it carried cargo, including Porsches and civilian Porsches, Volkswagens, from Emden, Germany to Divisville, Rhode Island, at the end of the fire's outbreak, the ship was sailing 90 nautical miles southwest of Portugal's Azores, according to a statement Wednesday by the Portuguese Navy. So, it set out from Germany. Wednesday, two weeks ago. Yes. <laughs> went over the top of Ireland again. Where a Formorian jumped on board. St. Patrick's Day is coming around, so... Everything ties to Ireland. Went over the top of Ireland. They uh, jumped off when it's on, I think, the west side of Ireland. They uh, bailed off, and uh, and now it's adrift. It's just been floating. Now it's by Portugal, which is Portugal is that uh, the the far western tip of the European continent. After the fire broke out in the cargo hold, it's, it spread and forced all 22 crew members to abandon ship, according to another statement by the Portuguese Navy. The crew was safely picked up and taken to a local hotel with the rescue coordinated by the Ponta Delgada Maritime Search and Rescue. So it looks like it started on fire closer to, to uh, Portuguese, Portugal. There has been no noticeable source of pollution from the fire, according to the statement. They are new cars. I've been to new car lots. I swear they dish out fuel in those things by the drip. They probably fill them with the syringe because they're not giving you anything for free. Mm -hmm. No, but the tires are burning and the interior's burning. And the, these are luxury cars, so it's likely a lot of leather products. Mm. And smells like a... A really rough cookout. <laughs> the ship's owners have arranged for a tow. <laughs> Hello, AAA. <laughs> As it continues to burn. Yeah, yeah. It's on fire. Oh, yeah, I know. Uh, we're surrounded by water, but we're not going to put it out. We just want you to tow it while it's on fire. <laughs> That'd be great. Thank yeah, you. Bring a really long rope. You don't get too close <laughs> to this. Registered to Panama, the Felicity Ace is operated by Japanese sh shipping line Mitsui OSK Lines, MOL. MOL has not responded to requests for comment. Did you know that most of your uh, most of your ships uh, not registered in the U.S. seem to be registered to Panama? I think Panama must have like a pretty easy regulation yeah fee. i i'd imagine they do you know given the canal and other connections well uh, it's okay there's a law wilson's act or some crap like that that ships registered in registered to the u.s cannot leave a u.s or cannot come from a, a foreign port and enter a u.s port it's a weird law that really, without paying a huge tariff, which financially hurts us, but it's just a, a BS protectionist law that was written in like 18 whenever, or I think it was 1923 it was written. It's a horrible law. We need to do away with it. But when I went to Cuba, 
in 95, mm-hmm. the ship I stayed on was a Panamanian cruise liner because we lived on a ship for the first two months we were there. But yeah, so I asked around, why is this registered to Panama? It was an American ship made in America, operated out of Honduras, I think at the time, but registered in Panama, flew the Panamanian flag. Porsche confirmed to CNN business that a number of its cars were among the cargo and that customers with cars on board the burning ship are being contacted by their dealers. Imagine how that goes. Hey, that car. Hey, most of these luxury cars, you have a prepayment of sorts. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, you know that car you've been waiting on for a year and a half? Burn down. Call your insurance. Oh, you don't have insurance because you didn't have the car yet? Oh, that's too bad. It's too bad. <clears throat> While it remains too early to confirm what occurred and next steps, we are, along with our colleagues at Porsche AG, supporting our customers and our dealers as best we can to find solutions, said Angus. And it's a day of good name. Angus Fitton. Angus. Vice President of PR at Porsche Cars North America. We are in contact with the shipping company and the details of the cars on board are not known. I would laugh if they tow it in, get the fire put out, and deliver to you. <laughs> Your car? This I mean, they kind of have to if you prepaid for looks it. Looks like bacon on wheels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is a this is a big cargo ship. This is a big deal. It can carry mm-hmm. over 17,000 metric tons of cargo. Mm-hmm. Um I wonder if any any Bugattis are out there or anything. Anything cool. I, I mean, know. Porsches are All right, way Porsche, cool. Porsches are fine. They're ugly. Well, Bugatti's made by Porsche. I'm not a big fan of Porsche. Never have been. Well, yeah, it's, I suppose. It's a, but, it's a whole thing. Yeah. So to finish the show, there was a recent story. I'm reading this from Live Science. That's where the good stuff is. Because... It's all fun and games until we find proof that it's not all fun and games. So the land of giants, it sounds like something from a fairy tale, but it arguably exists in a region of none other than Northern Ireland, where a cluster of people with a genetic anomaly has been found. In Middlester, that's Northern Ireland, one in 150 people carry a genetic mutation to the AIP gene that leads to an overproduction of growth hormone resulting in acromegaly, which is also known as giantism. giantism. Well, I'd never heard of acromegaly. Yeah. The hormone disorder is spurred by a tumor on the pituitary gland, mm-hmm. a pea-sized organ at the base of your brain. And this is probably the highest proportions of giants in all all the world when they were taken in groups Mm. so and the irish spread everywhere so i wonder if we tracked all the giantism that we've had in the u.s if they've got ancestry that are from ireland now the pituitary gland is not it's not just at the base of your brain it's it's at the very bottom middle like here But in, like here. Mm-hmm. It's like inside. But it's inside. It's the chewy chocolate and, center. <laughs> it's, the, it's the nougat. <laughs> it's the Tootsie Roll with the Tootsie Roll pop. It's right there in the middle. And they call it, it's the one that's called your uh, third eye. Yeah. You know? Honestly, I think they should call it your fourth eye because we got another third eye, the brown eye. and uh, But it's called your third eye. And that is one that people say that uh fluoride crystallizes yeah, and causes a lot of it. a lot of issues great so. so this gene in children causes rapid growth which can be accompanied by joint pain headaches vision problems mm-hmm. those types of things but as you start to age it also causes enlarged hands and feet facial distortions or what if it's just enlarged hand and foot? Yeah, if it's only a single one hand, one leg. Like the one hand, one leg, or yes. the, the guy that had a gimp arm and a yeah. big old arm? Exactly. It also, because the bones are already fused, it can cause 
people to have a weird stature or um, a curvature, so to speak, in spots that you wouldn't expect mm. from the shrinking of those fused bones. Like if it only grows on one side of your yeah. body. Now, it says these people look like giant, powerful, strong people. However, in most cases, uh, it's it's a level of morbidity that causes weakness. Yeah, the, the biggest man to ever live in the U.S., he had a size, what was it, a size um, like 32 foot, and he had to have a car specially made, but he was always broken. He was on a walker in like his 20s. Like they had to custom make him a walker, you know, I guess you'd call it two fence posts with a string between them, but you know. So this, this article ends by saying researchers have come to understand that it is unlikely that there are any other hot spots with this same defect, same gene defect at this level, mm. that it is likely this is it. Mm. Maybe it is. Maybe it's a, a gene defect in these people, and the plague part throws me off, though. I th yeah. But they could have the gene defect and, and also... The, and then suffer from a plague. Like a leprosy, or... Correct. Or, or it could have been a localized bacterial plague, you know, like a localized spider bite. Like a little local spider bite close to... Not that I'm saying Ireland is the groin of the earth... <gasps> But I want to visit Ireland. I we do have friends too. in Ireland. Yes. Mary's there. Hi, Mary. Oh, she is? She, yeah, Mary Her Mary Hensley. Re oh, yes. Mary is. Yes. 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 Mary's in Ireland. Yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah. So I don't know. Take it at face value, but I, I like to take these folklores and legends and just go a little deeper than the scary part and be like, why? did they say this pick apart why they had what, this what were they trying tradition. to explain or what were they trying to yep. do it's the wendigo story that i was talking I about know. because i believe the wendigo story was told for the same reason yep. they had these tribes that were insular and isolated mm -hmm. and in the cold cold winters they would teach their young to not eat the bodies of the dead Oh, shoot me in the face if I ever say yeah, that to one of my hungry. young children. If you get hungry, do not. And it's likely, and they would tell them that they would turn into Wendigos. Yeah. Well, and it's likely that they had experienced this stuff somebody eating in it. The, in the recent past. Yeah. In Ukraine in the 1920s and 30s. Yeah. During the Holodomor, they... They were eating people who had passed, but they found that had no nutrition because if someone dies of starvation, surprise, They've surprise. used up all their energy resources and there's not yeah. any fuel left. They already ate themselves. So kids started disappearing. Mm -hmm. And stories are told that people would trade their children for dinner. That ain't right. Like you'd call up, uh, you know, Ruth and you'd say hey Ruth would little Billy like to come over for dinner <laughs> yes and I would like to extend an invite to to little Annie and they would eat little Billy and little Annie like they were for dinner yes that ain't right there there are stories of that but when you had seven other kids you know you pick out the one that's maybe just a little bit of a pain in the ass I wonder if they did fair trades though like wait them look <laughs> Billy's three kilos Billy's more than, a little chonky yeah uh, I don't know but it's interesting to me that these these historical stories have been told f way far back and then now science is just now finding that mm -hmm. and, and not that Ireland is synonymous or the only place where giant stories have been told but it is interesting that there happens to be a hotbed there. Let me tie another tie around. What did the Native Americans call their giants? The red-haired giants, for the crying out loud. The red-haired giants. So what if... What if the Irish were crusaders and actually that's or, where the legend started? Or even the started? same genetic line, when the Ice Age was here, Irish tended to move and came to the Atlantic. 
Bigfoot's real name is Fergus. Fergus. Solved it. Fergus. Fergus. If if I we apologize if you're in Ireland and listening to us. We definitely apologize if your name is Fergus, but please send us a, a email. That's Jared at the wildpod.com. And I would like to have you come on the show and say your name for say us. Say your name. <laughs> anyway, so I do have one more story. Uno mas. Are you ready? Okay. I'm ready. Now Maybe I, I don't know. I feel like I let in too quick with the best story of the night of old Fergus getting bit on the junk Fergus. by the Black Widow. By uh, We're praying for you, Fergus. What was the Black Widow's name on the pig show? Uh, Charlotte would not do that. Yeah, Charlotte, you dirty, dirty girl. <laughs> Charlotte. <laughs> Blind people now live with obsolete useless vision implants in their oh, heads. No. Now I'm reading this because, you know, we're all going to end up with implants in our heads living in the matrix. We'll become obsolete. Uh, we've seen these documentaries before. I know. I know. And here we thought it was a bad when companies stopped supporting old phones. Remember VHS tapes? Oh yes. Flip phones. Yep. Or any other piece of tech that became completely obsolete. It was easy enough to dump your old gadgets and move on to the next technological marvel. But what if you'd implanted a VHS deck <laughs> into your skull? Remember our first VHS deck? The thing weighed 85 pounds. It was gigantic. And it was used. And and it, the thing, I remember it was silver and you push a button and the little lid would pop up. Uh -huh, and you'd stick it and in. The, yeah. Force it down. But what if you'd implanted a VHS deck into your skull? That's a situation now facing hundreds of blind people. Straight to jail. <laughs> Straight to jail. Second Sight Medical Products was a company manufacturing revolutionary retinal implants that allowed blind people to see again. Are they blind again? At least to an extent. But now the company is dead and gone, but their patients' implants haven't gone anywhere. Oh. More than 350 people around the world are now walking around with unsupported, obsolete implants in their heads. Some of the devices have broken, rendering them use, nothing but useless metal. I want you to think about this. You're cruising through life. Your implant comes across with the, the blue screen where it says you need an update, you know, <laughs> and then it just goes to the blue arrow. And you call them, they're like, this number is no longer in service. <laughs> Error code 404. <laughs> I, I'm sorry to laugh about it. This oh, is, it's terrible. Someone needs to step in and take e their technology and update it and get it going and get Elon? these people back in. Yes, Mr. Musk. We're calling Mr. on you. Listen. Yes. Should, I, should I call him the correct way? <laughs> Big head. <laughs> Others have been luckier, and their implants still work, but what if they run into a software bug or a loose wire or a fried battery? There's a battery? There's oh, got to sure. be a battery. There's nobody left to fix their devices. The life-changing technology has turned into another pointless gadget. <gasps> oh. Barbara Campbell lost her eyesight completely in her 30s due to a genetic disease. In 2009, she received second sight's Argus II retinal implant that allowed her to once again see variations of light and shadow. I, it doesn't. So it's not perfect. It doesn't complete it, but it, it helps. But in 2013, while she was changing subway trains in New York City, she suddenly heard a quiet beeping. Nope. <laughs> she recognized the sound as the Argus II's I'm powering down now notification. The thing has a notification beeper. Nope. In your head, Campbell's world went black again, and her sight has never come back. That's almost sadder that she gets that taste of the beauty of sight, it, and then it's gone again. Oh. At the time, Second Sight was still operational, but despite a few repair attempts, they couldn't get the implant working again. Campbell couldn't have had it surgically removed, could have had it sur surgically removed, but the operation came with considerable it's risk. considered it's considered like it's not considered necessary surgery mm. 
I want to see a picture of what the implant looks like. Why oh. haven't they replaced this with new technology? I, uh, you I know mean, what? a lot has changed since 2013. We hear Dr. Rand Paul read about how they do all these studies, um, like mice breeding studies and that. This is a study I think the government should take on for sure. Well, somebody should. Yes. Like I can't. No, not at all. This is rough. Oh, all uh, right. Let's finish out these comments. A humpback, like the 300 movie trailer. Yes. 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 Zombie apocalypse eating humans. I'm telling you. Well, we're on World War III. So the question is when they turn us into a nuclear, you know, dust ball, do we start? eating people then or is it the people that get radiated into monsterdom start eating people i watched a video the other day that was hilarious it was how to stop a zombie attack uh-huh and this guy's sweeping his driveway and the zombie comes oh and he just pokes him with the broom a couple of times he just uh, walks right on by like like uh -huh. keeps him at a distance <laughs> they've been training us they've been the six foot rule the six foot rule. And would a zombie know to take the mask off first? Uh, they're preparing us. Mm. King of Waco Mundo. Fergus is a great name. Fergus is an awesome name. I'm an Angus fan myself. Always have been. I tried telling my yes. sister to name one of her three sons Angus. And I didn't get Angus out of the deal. <sighs> Fergus. Fergus is a great name. Yep. That's the show. All right, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Join we us will next be back. week for more yeah, St. Pat stuff. It's it's all Irish. It's it's all Irish. Maybe we'll do week. Irish beer. I don't like beer, but maybe I'll do like Irish cream in a coffee. I could get Irish cream for coffee. Yeah. Ooh, we could get Bailey's. Yeah. I know someone who makes some pretty good Kahlua. Uh, you do? Yes. I do. Yes. That's not... I wonder if it's the same way as making the Bailey's cream. I wonder yes. how Bailey's is made. Kind yeah, of the same. Kind of the same. You just add different flavoring to it. Mm -hmm. That might be fun to do. How long would it take to make, though? Not very long. Yeah? yeah. All right. Well, you might see me get drunk on uh, that show also. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Uh, join us there, and uh, we will see you guys next, next week. week. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.